this is Big Life Small Home. I'm Ellen Messer, here to talk about living simply and finding balance for a modern family. I'm sifting through the clutter of daily life to find joy in the things that really matter. Follow us on our journey of parenthood, minimalism, budgeting, homeschooling, and just doing the best that we can. Welcome back to episode three of Big Life Small Home. Today's topic of conversation is willful waste makes woeful want. Specifically, I'll be focusing on how you can reduce waste through meal planning. Unfortunately, I ended up having to take off the full week because of the loss of my voice. So I am just going to pack this episode with a lot of information that will hopefully help you in your journey. And maybe that'll make up a little bit for the fact that I had to skip a week. Meal planning may seem like a simple activity for some people, but for other people it can be really overwhelming. And I know that the way that I used to do things is completely different from how I do them now. Before children, when it was just Nick and I, I had a good list of meals that we enjoyed and I would just pick a handful of them, place them on a little chart I had on the refrigerator, and that's how we would pick out what we were going to eat. I would then shop for the ingredients and make those meals. But once we had Benjamin and needed a little more structure in our lives, I started doing things slightly differently. Although my method of meal planning when Benjamin was brand new was usable, I did realize that it was creating waste because sometimes I would buy a special ingredient for a meal and would only use a small portion of that ingredient and then I didn't have a plan for what to do with the rest. So of course buying specific ingredients for specific meals is part of the problem that I was having But also, I wasn't shopping from my food that I already had around. So now, when I make a meal plan, I immediately start by doing inventory of what is already in my kitchen. My goal is actually to have a mostly empty refrigerator because to me, that means that I didn't let anything go bad. I used up perishable food items, I used up produce I had purchased, and that's a good thing because I don't want to have to toss those things out. So I usually start from a pretty bare refrigerator. Once I've checked on perishable food items, I then go through my dry stores of quinoa, rice, flour, sugar, all of those things that I may need. I actually recently created a spreadsheet for myself of items that I very regularly purchase. And I have a column of how much I have of that item and a column of how much I need so that I can keep good track of what I have and I don't always have to go through every cabinet to see where I'm at. This portion of the simplification of my method of meal planning and grocery shopping has really helped because buying the same or very similar items at the grocery store whenever you shop makes it far less taxing mentally to figure out what you're buying. Even though I'm shopping for very similar ingredients every week, We do not make the same things all of the time. We have just gotten really good at getting creative with a more simplified list of ingredients and coming up with a lot of different things that we can make from those ingredients. So once you get some experience under your belt with recipes and things that you like, you can really make a lot of variations of similar things and they feel like completely different meals. One example for us would be buying chicken drumsticks. I buy them very regularly, but I never prepare them the same way. I can roast them in the oven with oil and seasonings and make 
a good roasted chicken with a crunchy skin. I can bread them and oven fry them. I put them in gumbo or I make them into chicken tikka masala. So there are so many different ways to prepare one type of meat and it feels like a completely different meal every single time. But the mental part of it, of having to think through a bunch of things, allows me to know that if I buy a pack of chicken drumsticks, we have a variety of options to choose from. So I very regularly get on Pinterest, and I have for years, of course. So I was excited the other day when I happened to stumble across something that I'd never seen before. It's called meal mapping, and it's great for people who are visual learners because It is a web design of meals at the center of circles, and then you surround the circle with each ingredient in the meal. And this way you can create overlap between ingredients so that you're making sure to utilize your ingredients to the best of your ability and not allow for waste. So I decided that I would give this a try. And it's not something that I will do every time, but I would think that it's a very good way for someone who hasn't meal planned before to start because sometimes you won't realize that you need so much overlap of ingredients. So I found myself thinking, okay, I need to buy some canned tomato without realizing that it's going to be used in three or four different dishes throughout my meal plan. So that's part of it, but also the side of it of not allowing ingredients to go to waste so that if you are buying something that's a specialty ingredient, you can make sure that across that web space you are connecting it to another meal that's going to use the rest of that specialty ingredient. However, another way that I combat waste as far as specialty ingredients goes is just to double up a recipe and that way we have leftovers, which our family really likes because it makes our week so much easier having those in the refrigerator and ready to go. If you decide to try out meal mapping, I'd love to see it, so you should give me a tag on Instagram. So running along the same train of thought of leftovers and making your week easier through those, I realize that some people don't like leftovers, and that's totally fine. If it's not your thing, no big deal, but having things in the refrigerator and ready to go has really helped to cut down on the number of times that we're tempted to eat out. If I'm out and about and I know that lunch is coming up, and I know that I'm going to have to go home and figure out what to make, I'm far more likely to just grab fast food or something simple to bring home instead of going on home and eating what we have here. So having things prepped in the refrigerator is very helpful. My kids are also early risers and they want breakfast immediately. And I am not so much of a morning person, so I like to get up, have my coffee, and wake up before I want to think about breakfast. So something else that I do, which cuts down on waste and prepares things in advance for us to eat, is to take overripe bananas and mash them to put into the freezer. I will usually label the container with how many bananas that I used in it, and then I can put those in smoothies or banana bread or our most recent favorite thing, which is banana pancakes. And it's super simple ingredients that I always have, just flour, baking soda, salt, Um, a little bit of sugar and banana. So we regularly make those and they do freeze well so that the kids can just pull them out and heat them up. Having things like this on hand also allows me to sneak things into my kids diet that they don't necessarily want to just consume. So a lot of times when I make anything with 
a lot of banana, I will puree some spinach in with it as well. And the banana covers the flavor of the spinach, so the kids are getting that dose of veggies, but they can't even taste it. Another thing I've been adding is milled flaxseed to the banana pancake mixture, so they get some extra fiber. Spinach is one of my many key ingredients that I absolutely always have in my refrigerator. When it comes to keeping things on hand to make quick and simple meals, I really enjoy a dish that uses tortilla shells and a mixture of black beans, tomatoes, onions, and various seasonings to make a layered Mexican lasagna, if you will. So we have the ingredients for that almost always on hand in case I need a meal that is quick and easy to throw together that is also made of mostly non-perishable food items that can be in my cabinet. This is one of those dishes where I can dice up zucchini really small and finely chop some spinach and saute it in with the onions and then my kids are getting extra vegetables and it's hidden within the dish. I also do this with what we call very veggie spaghetti, which is a spaghetti sauce made with a lot of mushrooms, zucchini, yellow squash, and spinach that allows us to get in lots of veggies. Those two meals along with chili are just a few of the super easy meals that I keep in my brain for the times that I just don't know what to make for dinner. I almost always have a box of pasta and various refrigerator vegetables on hand that I can use for those. Because I can make zucchini and spinach in so many different ways, I always buy them at the grocery store or ideally from my garden, I have them in the summertime, but I always try to keep them on hand so that I can then put them into these various meals while also knowing that they aren't going to go to waste because they're so versatile. You may wonder why I have nights where I don't know what I'm going to make because I'm sitting here telling you to make meal plans and be prepared, but there are certainly times that I do not have my meal plan together or that what I had planned just doesn't sound good or that I decided to switch it up and make something else with that meat so I don't have it anymore. And you know what? It's okay because you just go with the flow and you have these meals in mind that you can quickly go to, and you're set. Okay, it's time for an update on No Spend July. I am failing at this whole thing. I did really, really well for a while, and then life, as usual, got busy, and it started with being out one day, um, extra long over a Saturday and I was like you know what we'll just stop at Costco on our way home and get pizza because we can feed our whole family lunch for like $13 including drinks and that's just really cheap for feeding all of us so that was the first time then there was the day where we had back-to-back -back activities as well as grocery shopping and I remembered that Salsaritas does kids eat free on Sundays so I figured out where all the people with lots of kids go on Sundays because I think every family there had like four or more kids, which was hilarious. But anyway, so at least the times that we have gone out to eat, we were trying to be very aware of keeping it as inexpensive as possible while still being able to have the convenience of eating food from out. 
However, I have not purchased clothing items or anything like that. I don't think I've even been to a thrift store or anything like that this month. I have strictly purchased food items and household items that I needed. And I did actually sell one of my baby carriers, so that technically covered our couple of times eating out. So I guess I could wrap that into my whole situation on the last episode where we sold a board game to fund our new microphone arm. But I won't try to justify my poor behavior. I was pleased, however, with the fact that we were very thrifty when it came to doing some costumes for our local children's museum, Comic-Con, and we used only items that were in our donation bin and things we had laying around. So I was really excited about that, and I thought we had some pretty cute costumes. The same day that we had Comic-Con was an extremely hot day, and normally when we pack a picnic lunch for our family, we will just stop at a park and eat because we know we're going to be out and we want to try to avoid eating out. So we had a bit of a challenge with that because it was way too hot for us to try to find a spot outside. So we ended up going to the mall and sitting in the food court to eat our picnic lunch. I feel like being very aware of spending has caused us to be more creative and to really go out of our way to try to do the hard work of making sure that we don't spend money when it would be far easier just to give in and grab food from out. So I've been pretty proud of the changes that we've made in that way. Even though we've had those couple of instances where we weren't prepared, we really are trying harder. So to wrap up this episode, I thought I would tell you my meal plan for the week. I am going to be making pork kebabs with bell peppers, onions, tomatoes, and zucchini. I will be making chicken, black bean, brown rice, burritos that have a tomato sauce that's seasoned with cumin and various other seasonings all wrapped up together to be a meal on the go for one night when we go swimming at the YMCA. I'm going to be roasting my two whole chickens and I will be rubbing one with the marinade that you put on chicken tikka masala before it goes in the oven. So that should make for a fun new version of a roast chicken. I try to make sure I have one night where I keep it really simple, so I'll just be pan roasting some pork chops with a steamer bag of broccoli or sauteed Normandy vegetables that are in the freezer. And then I'm planning to make some gumbo with a few chicken drumsticks that I have left over that aren't enough for an entire meal on their own, but will be great in a stew. So that's all I have for this episode. I just want to say thank you again for all the wonderful support for this podcast and for your understanding in my lack of posting last week. So I hope this helps. And if you have any more questions, please feel free to let me know and send me an email at biglifesmallhome at gmail.com. I will most likely be making another episode in the future on meal planning because there's just so much to add that I couldn't possibly fit it all in in one episode. I do hope, however, that this was a good starting point for any of those of you who are not currently meal planning, so give it a try. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you again soon on Big Life Small Home.